Hello, hello everyone and welcome back to From the Bar. As always, first on the mic, it's Ife. And uh, this is Olamide. Welcome everyone to this episode of From the Bar. Guys, so I feel like every episode I have this habit of coming on and being like, we didn't prepare, this is spontaneous, this is off the cuff. (laughs) (laughs) But I really do mean it this time. So this isn't exactly the episode that we had planned. We had planned to have on a guest this episode. But hopefully we're going to have that next episode and it's very much going to be worth everyone's while. So instead, we're going back to our roots and I'm going to ask Olamide (laughs) what he did this week in court, which I realize we haven't done in many, many episodes. Yeah, I think since the start of this uh, season, we've not actually done, oh, what did you do? We have not. What did you do last week? So Olamide, in minute detail, please, what did you do with your week? Uh, Minute? I I had a very busy week. quite busy week so monday started off with um i think i had a trial yes i had a trial with my supervisor so we were at the federal high court for a trial and yeah the trial was quite interesting it was just for us to close our case and it went well at least by our standards it went well (laughs) by court in litigation (laughs) by courts in nigeria standards yeah then um the only problem now is we have we have to start looking for how to file a final address ah gosh every oh, time no, wait we it wasn't we didn't close our case it was for us to cross-examine the other side okay. so they're the ones who are actually filing address first do you know what's so funny it takes so long to get to trial stage right it can take years uh-huh. and then you finally get to trial and the first thing i just think is oh my god address <laughs> i actually have to draw this address <laughs> now so yeah um it's it's for them to file their address and we'll be expecting that although we, we would also start filing ours preemptively though or preparing ours internally preemptively so do you actually do that i've had i've been in teams where they've suggested that you know we do that we start drafting preemptively and i can't lie i'm not really much of a preemptive drafter oh no not drafting necessarily it might just be you know putting yourself in that position where you know that these are the arguments i'll be making so maybe oh you need people to do research so you need to get the research done um early enough so it's not when you now get when the address now comes you use three days out of your 21 days to do research you know you know that you're just getting right into whatever you want to do and it fair enough makes so what else faster. uh so i think tuesday uh what did i do on tuesday okay yes tuesday i was in court in ajar so uh, it was i had to leave the house very early they i mean you know bridge. what even though the court in ajar is far well far depending on where you're coming from although it's far for most people especially because of traffic you know it is a very nice court but yeah, it is. The Aja Court and the Ajegunle Court are actually quite nice. Well, I, I'll tell you, like, the Aja Court is quite nice, to be honest. Have I, you been I to like the Ajegunle Court? Yeah, I have yeah. been to the uh, Ajegunle Court, but the Aja Court is actually very nice. Um, but I had to leave the house super early because. What's you know, super early? Say five. Whoa. So, thing is, well, five is very early. I got to court by 6 30. Guys, I'm looking like Olam- at Olamide, like, are you crazy? Well, yeah, now I got to court 6.30 and I just... Were they even open? Yeah, the, the, the security guards, they're, they're not in their uniforms yet, but they still open. Wow, Olamide got there before they don't unclothe. Uh, yeah, so it's... Um, it was just so I don't leave by... So Were there other people there, like other lawyers? N- no, I don't, I don't think I saw any other person. So you there. went there to help them sweep and no, so I just I just slept in the car till, like... Ah, well, I'm the best in law, man. No, no. So now this is the thing. I wasn't appearing with anyone. I was going. I was going to be appearing on my own. There were specific instructions from the clients to have something done that day. 
because the way because of the way the bridge is and like the alternative routes are they're very, unpre- take any chances. Yeah, they're very unpredictable then there's also the construction on that chevron side so you probably would you probably might beat the traffic from the mainland by the time you get to chevron you're facing another traffic so you don't i you i didn't want to put myself in that position so i just preferred getting there as early as possible i i kind of figured that i was going to get there very early but i didn't mind getting there really early unfortunately uh the other side didn't come so they didn't after your six thirty. they yeah, didn't come so they didn't come and and I, they didn't write a letter they didn't call no, you nothing and i also couldn't ask for costs because apparently the person who handed over to me they didn't they didn't tell me that the judge had been away for election petition duty for about a year a year of election petition you know when um you're drafted into election petition early in the year you you basically till the petitions start coming in you're not si- you're, you're probably not sitting because oh, you have to prepare for that so i think the judge had been away for about a year so the judge explained that this is the first time this matter is coming up okay so that's probably why they didn't even show yeah, up yeah so i i i can't do anything so i just had to count my losses and i went back to the office ah litigation but the evening was really nice because um i attended an lci event with ife yes this yeah. ife ife was there yes and um it was really nice we met one of our faves uh, one of judges we consider our faves my favorite judge at uh, the federal high court whose name i'm not going to say because i am shy but i think that yes it was a really interesting event and we got to meet like lots of movers and shakers both people yeah, who are exactly. peers and also um people yeah, who even you know we look up to prospective yeah. clients yeah so there was there was a particular client that i had never seen like we definitely exchange emails but that was my first time meeting him and it was really it was, you know it was it was really nice to see him for the first time and um, we had quite an insightful discussion with the judge uh, he sort of gave us good news about something that's going to happen in the courts very soon so uh, that that made us really excited so everyone Olamde and I are having this argument, right? Olamde has this idea that we're going to be moving into the Federal High Court building this year because according to Olamide, he can see that they've started putting air conditioners. He said the air conditioners are sticking out. And so according to him, that's his theory as to why he knows we're moving to Federal High Court building this year. And I'm apparently not insightful enough or not noticing. I, on the other hand, continue to be skeptical because they've been building that building for, what, 12 years now? I, I, to be and I know they started building it. It's been on that I was not in university. For, was for, I even uh, in secondary school? <laughs> like I don't as know. long as I've known, they've been bu- they've been uh, building that place. So, but it looks like it's actually in shape now. According to Olamide, but guys. I can't I can't see anything as to the fittings in the building. I can see some fittings from outside, of course, but uh, I can't say if fittings are actually complete. So lawyers, especially lawyers of the federal court, guys, this time to start crossing your legs, your toes, yeah, your I think ears. That should be your number one prayer. That so should be can, the prayer point. So we can leave that. When you are going to mass, the, when you are going for Friday prayers, <laughs> when you are going to the altar, you should be taking this matter to the altar seriously. I, I, I'm seriously tired because Monday the trial was at the federal high court, so we had to wait for people to finish their matters before we, you know, entered the court. So it was waiting. Uh, is it our turn yet? Is it our turn yet? It was it was it was ridiculous yeah and i think it's one of those things that i uh, would say would affect maybe people doing like externship because you want to be able to witness as much as you can 
I know I know a particular person who told me that one of the ways he learned was what he observed in court, like observing what proceedings and how you know they go on in court. So for me, yeah. honestly, I think it is really important, especially because this is so random and exciting. But I think the height of Abaya is when lawyers make um like s- very young lawyers or like and um what was I gonna try to say again or like law school externs when they make them get up from their seat in court. Because for anyone who you know goes to court, you'll know that there is a section that's designated for lawyers, right? And there's a back section usually where non-lawyers sit, so where litigants sit. We generally also tend to have lawyers there because there's not enough space. So I have seen multiple situations where lawyers have made law students or externs or maybe really long young lawyers, like people who are probably doing NYSC, get up from their seats in that back seat area. And I'm like, guy, if you, if you can't come to court early enough, then please stand like the rest of us. Okay, so for me, I wouldn't say that you bound somebody from their seat, especially if you're coming in late. But the thing is, I think, uh, so there was this incident we had one time before I, I left for my master's. So uh, there was the lawyer's part, and I wanted to sit there because we are at trial, and I needed to take notes. And the extent insisted that she had to sit there because the judge... And I'm about to tell a story where you're the bad guy. No, Are you and, the person and, I'm complaining and about? Like, no, I, I wasn't... I would, to be honest, you, you should know I'm not a disrespectful person. So I had to explain to her that I have to take notes for this trial. I'm with the person appearing, so there's no way I can do anything that would be sensible. The reason why I'm here is to take notes. So the person can't be conducting trial and also be taking their notes. Also, controversial take. What's your opinion on sitting in the front row when court is full? So, you know when you get to court, uh, the rest of court is full, but you have left the front row and there's an SAN there. Now, obviously, you have to take leave from the SAN, right? And my understanding is that generally, as courtesy, they'll let you sit there, right? In fact, I've actually been in court with some SANs who actually, I've seen it, you know, in my years of court, who will invite, who even if they see that court is full, they will turn around and say, you know, please, everyone come Mm. forward, come and take a seat. My dear, tell me why this year, I will not say where or when. (laughs) (laughs) I think I know where this is going. I was in full court and there was an SAN in front and it's like my spirit, my discerning spirit knew not to go and ask, but opposing counsel um, saw that I was a bit, you know, shy to go and ask. And so he offered, you know, guys, sometimes the patriarchy comes through for you. He offered to ask the SAN on my behalf. So just asking, like, for himself, but we both knew it was for me. Specifically, to be clear, I wasn't the one who wanted to sit there. I wanted to get that seat for my senior. Because, obviously, when you're a junior, one of the, your jobs is you are carrying the load and you're making sure that your senior has somewhere to sit. Yeah. So he went to go and asked the SAN, please tell me why the SAN said why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to laugh on the mic. But the guy literally went there to the essay and was like, oh, you know, sir, or lend silk, whatever he said. Um, please, um, may I sit here? I want to get your leave to sit here. However, he said it very respectful. He even said that it was for his senior. And the essay said, why? <laughs> you know, and so the guy had to, to now fair, say, he didn't actually refuse. But what was also funny was. <laughs> The, the person who asked for me then explained that his senior, I don't know why this was relevant, but it said his senior was a woman and she was on her way. And then the SAN said no problem. And I was thinking, okay, is it because she was a woman? And would I have gotten a better reception if I had asked myself? But yeah, so apparently 
we should all just be standing, Sha, if there's space. Well, to be honest, I think it, it's just fair that, you know, you let other people sit. If the seats are empty and their lawyers standing by the side, I don't think it should give anybody joy or any sense of fulfillment. In fact, it should it should be a sense of responsibility to ask, oh, why don't you come and sit? It's just courtesy, really. We we're all in an uncomfortable situation. Very uncomfortable. I don't I don't think letting someone uh who is in silk sit on the same row as you would take take away from you being silk. I agree, but at the same time, I also think you know the law especially the way we practice it here, you know, it's all about tradition, it's all about culture, and I do think you should ask. Of oh, yeah, course, yeah, yes, you, have, you will. I, don't, you will I think ask. you must ask. But yeah, then, I think it's kind of like, you know, that dance, I'm asking because I know I should ask. And you're also saying yes because you know you should say yes. So yeah. we're, both, we're both playing our part in a play where the script is already pre-written and predestined. Well, well, exactly. That's, that's, I think that's what Koti actually demands. Yes. I ask and you don't refuse. Exactly. But I'm there cutting with my week. So continue. What else happened to you? Uh, Wednesday, I was responding to an application. That application was very confusing. It was like you're arguing issue. On that issue one, you're arguing A. Then all of a sudden, I'm okay. I, I understand that you're arguing A. And then I see that you start arguing B and C. I'm like, ah, from where to where? Then I go to issue two. You're, you start arguing A again. Then you now add D to A then all of a sudden i see c there again i had to like take a break to understand where that person was going first <laughs> before i know i don't know if it was a strategy to like you know confuse me but like or confuse whoever was going or to, to convince and not confuse you well so i eventually got to it like wednesday and i made significant progress then okay yes i also attended an inaugural lecture after work oh uh, yes you mentioned but i i got there late where of course, of course I will, uh, if I was going after a workout. What time was it supposed to start? I think it was meant to start by 5. Ah, okay. Yeah, exactly. So then Thursday, I, f- I, I finished my application. Friday, I was in court uh, for oh, trial. Friday court. Unlucky. Yeah, very, very unlucky. And it was for trial. So it wasn't one Yikes. of those things where you say, ah, please, can you help me go and take a date? But <laughs> uh, so it was a full team and we had to go for trial. Uh, it went well, but... The other side cut trial shot. They didn't. We were expecting that they would close their, cl- their their case on that day so that we know we can proceed, but they didn't. Not so lucky. Do you know what? I, I think this thing to myself all the time. When it's time for a trial or contentious applications, mostly the latter, because I've only done I think one trial on my own, and there were some sister matters, so technically more than one. I hate going with seniors, and just the reason for that sometimes is because. You know when you're going with someone, even though you're well prepared, there's that part of you that's always anxious. Because you're like, what could they ask for that maybe I don't have? What could happen? Whereas when you're going with yourself, just you, you know that whatever it is, you'll be able to handle it. Whether it's that, okay, you don't have something in the file, so instead you're looking up the soft copy, or you're asking the court for a brief stand down. I mean, I've never had to be in those situations. But you know, whatever it is, I can sort it. But when you're going with someone more senior, you are the sorter, and you must have sorted it before the whatever it is they are turning around to ask. Even if the, they are the, saying ah, that application the they found ten years ago, where is it? Once the judge you must asks, come out with it. Once the question comes from the judge, you must have they the just answer. Turn, they just turn. Around they just turn to you, and yeah. and you must have an answer. Uh, I I remember there was this trial we went for, and uh, there was you know you would have to now tender the witness statement. Mm-hmm. We had actually put out the witness statement on the table for our senior who was doing the trial. 
I think I know this story, but continue. But the person wasn't using it. The person was using like his iPad. I know? already know the senior, but yes. continue. Yeah, he was using his iPad to, you know, um, lead the witness with the witness, uh, use the witness statement rather. And it was time to turn that one for the court. And he started looking for it. Hey. And we now started looking hey. for it. We could not now find it. Why? It was obviously not in any of our files. It because you had table. dropped it. It was on the table. <laughs> My God, I almost died. I'm sure your heart left your body. No, the thing was, to an extent, I thought that that was my last day. <laughs> Please but, don't make me laugh. But, yeah. Luckily for us, he found it during trial. So he now... And he saw it was on the table, so he knew yeah, that... Yeah, he knew. Do you no, also because the thing was, we were so sure, myself and your my sen- senior, yeah, who was also your intermediate senior, yeah, yeah. We were so sure that we brought it to court because she printed some copies, I printed some copies. So when we go to court, we had like excess. So it was like, and oh, I can't find one. one. So we can't now find one. It was, it was, it was. But you were so funny for people who have been listening from the beginning. I promise you that the day this happened to Alamde, he actually came to the podcast. And no, he I spoke think about I, I mentioned the story before. So yeah. so now we're able to repeat stories, guys. That's how that's how long we've been doing this. Well, that's Olamide's week, and he gave a very detailed week. I think I only have like two highlights of my week. Well, okay, three. One was the LCI events that Olamide um already mentioned, where we met. You know movers and shakers in the arbitration and litigation um, sphere in Nigeria. Then in terms of my actual court week, um, I think the main one that happened to me was <laughs> I was at court. I mean, I said my court week, so obviously I was in court. And this particular matter has been going on since maybe 2017 thereabouts, obviously predating me even being a lawyer. And so we go to court we think that, okay, trial is supposed to be today as we've at- attempted to have trial maybe three times in the last year. Our matter was supposed to be number three scheduled for like 9 a.m. Please tell me why by 2.30 p.m. we have not been heard. And the important context to mention here is that the judge sat on time. The judge sat by 9.30. By 2.30 p.m. we've not been heard. Now, there were, she took about maybe three trials before us um, some of them involving SANs. But the problem was that in those trials, they didn't even cross. I actually cannot tell you what took so long. You know, sometimes, I had that happen to you when time passes. Well, and you don't even know what, 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 you don't, you can't even explain the shenanigans that have been happening. Like, if someone said, why were you caught that long? I can't tell you, they didn't cross. All that happened was maybe some tendering of documents. Yes, the judge rose, but the judge rose for maybe, 30 minutes i don't think it was up to an hour and that's not really strange like the judge was around noon and usually judges rise you know stretch their legs go and eat their human beings too they don't they also deserve lunch break so i can't tell you what it was all i can tell you is that 2 30 we had to say my lord please we're number three on the list is our trial going on and our trial was not going on you know you know i i would even just venture i guess maybe there were a lot of distractions so i i've noticed that many times when silks are involved in some matters like ego actually does and it was a very silky silk so yeah yeah. like the ego would usually get into like the entire thing and oh someone raises an objection and you take it personal i'm I'm like you were there olamide i'm not raising an objection because i'm saying you are incompetent i'm raising an objection because i feel like something hasn't been done properly and if i'm to represent my client to the best of my ability it's part of raising objections when there's like a procedural defect in the way you've done things i'm not saying anyone can make mistakes 
and it doesn't even take away from your brilliance or from uh, your experience. It's just that I don't agree with what you've done. Even sometimes I might be wrong with the objection I've raised. It's for you to now, you know, be direct and say, no, that's not what I was trying to do. This is what I'm trying to do. So I think you should just uh, let me finish, you know. Because in our trial on Friday, we had a similar incident where the person, unfortunately, was the person on the other side who was in silk, who had, who I think had that sort of ego. So he felt like the way we filed our processes were somehow, he didn't agree with them. But we knew why we filed our processes. So he kept on bringing it up, bringing it up. And we explained to him that, oh, this is why we've done this. And uh, the person who was leading us was Silk, of course. By the time Silk versus Silk. No, it wasn't Silk versus Silk. The other person was in Silk, but very senior. So by the time you know, sometimes that's worse. You know, sometimes the ego is actually worse when a person is senior and not a Silk. Yeah, actually. So he he we tried to tender the documents and he raised he raised the, the objection. And we now addressed the objection. In fact, I didn't know that they had addressed that same objection in the proceedings before the one we went for. And the judge was like, this has been addressed. So why, why is it coming up again? And in my head, too, I thought, to be honest, you, you shouldn't be raising this objection. Because there's this attitude amongst a lot of Nigerian lawyers where they try to teach you your case. Oh, do you mean the ones in the stands? Speaking of which, um, so we're going to talk about some, well, a specific tweet and like the legal legal Twitter that has been going around. But do you know another one that went around earlier that was talking about why are lawyers always trying to talk to you during your case? You know when to lawyers honest, are trying to whisper is, to you? To be honest, that, that is they are, really... They are pulling is, at your robe. You know, you know the thing is, I feel like that thing also sometimes enable, it, it enables judges when they are wrong. So it puts them. In that oh, because the Nabishata has a court pleases as a court pleases. Yeah, and the thing is, it puts them in a position where they, even when they realize or when they might have realized that they made a mistake, they don't want to go back because they might find it shameful. Because mm, of the gallery. Yeah, exactly. So everyone has already played to the gallery. There was an incident that happened where I was in court. So a judge had, you know, raised an issue with a process that we filed and, you know, lambasted one of. Uh, our colleagues who was uh, well a junior to me so our senior was okay Olamide, why don't you go um the we had a similar matter the next day why don't you just go and try to explain to this judge so i get there and i'm taking the judge through it for some reason it appears that the judge had realized that oh there was something wrong or maybe the judge just felt like this is the way i want to do my things and it shouldn't be done that way but unfortunately, the law doesn't allow you to do that, yeah? So I was trying to, you know, explain. Then, because the judge wasn't having it, lawyers kept on, you know, pulling me, pulling, pulling me to the side. In fact, there was one that he didn't come to court with his court rules. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was pulling me. I've read these court rules, like, several times, and I, I, we basically had a debate over it. And I'd read, like, judicial authorities that had explained that particular provision, so I was trying to explain to the judge, but in fact, there was a silk in court who had told me to, you know, just cow to the judge. And I felt, to be honest, I, I was really disappointed mm. because I felt like if I was making a point and I said I had a, an authority and the judge was like, oh, I do not want to take the authority, the silk should have... Did the judge say they don't want to take your authority? Yeah, the judge actually said Madu. that. 
Like I was, I was. Court of Appeal or Supreme Court? Not that it matters, but High Court. Okay. And it was no, no, no. What I mean is the authority. authority. Yeah, Court of Appeal authority. And I was expecting that the silk would actually stand up to like, you know, your dreams. No, just say that. Oh, at least my lord should consider mm. even if my luck doesn't agree come and back here because sometimes yes. it's seniority and that's why i i say sometimes that i don't take too much offense when there's a matter that i feel like i understand it backwards forwards sideways more than anyone else and then they want to and then maybe when it's time for something contentious to happen my senior the san has to step in because a lot of time that seniority especially when they're silk is sometimes what makes judges even listen to them yeah exactly sometimes judges just look at you that you're ju- not even that you're junior that you're not a silk yeah, but, yeah. and they just they just believe that like the thing is it wasn't it was it, this was even a clear position you know it's a different thing when you found one case in isolation that well, this it was trite law it, it was multiple cases mm-hmm. so i, I there was like, a plethora of cases you know, so somebody found one case and yeah. mentioned it so i w- whilst i was reading that case i found that that case had cited two other cases so i went to read those two other cases and they were saying exactly the same thing so i just felt like okay i think this is actually a clear position of the law why don't i just explain to be honest i i wasn't even trying to fight the judge but to be honest i was extremely disappointed that day because i felt like the judge should have actually listened but at the same time it doesn't take anything away from us to amend it doesn't affect our case yeah it was just i think for me uh, my instance that, will co- that always comes to mind when we're talking about lawyers interfering in the in the gallery was a particular i was there for a garnish and i know i've 100 percent mentioned this um particular instance on the podcast before and it was for a mareva sorry and the judge was about to make a mareva absolute and the um claim plaintiff rather it was federal high court the plaintiff's counsel was clearly someone who you know was just taking that matter for that day and you know the normal 20 banks lawyers in the in the gallery and so the court had discharged everyone who didn't have you know accounts and then the plaintiff's counsel asked to make it absolute against someone who had an account that particular the lawyer of that particular bank wasn't in court so i had to look because sometimes, especially in Mareva Matters or Ganeshi, where maybe you don't have any funds, you've, you've, you've put your affidavit somewhere in your bag, you just know, okay, I don't have any funds, I'm just there to get discharged. I'll start bringing out my affidavits and checking the order that had been sent to us by email to say, ah, is this a Mareva or a Ganeshi? Because again, it's sometimes easy to just conflate the two yeah, things. exactly. When you're, you know, when you're just doing them in, in, in volume. And I saw that it was, a, it was a Mareva matter. So I got, and the thing as well is, I really thought three times before i got up because that particular judge is very um <laughs> ah, i can't <laughs> use words like cantankerous because, to discuss because, because, uh, I, because i know the judge members of the bench so that but that particular judge it depends on the day that you're getting him uh you know some days he can be cantankerous some days he can be um entertaining so i was like okay i'm going to say something because i really had to really put on my loyalty robes and say okay you know i'm a minister in the temple of justice here to aid the court so i got up i was like you know um, apologies to the court. Um, I just want to direct my lord's attention to the fact that this is actually a Mariva, not a Ganeshi. And obviously, all the banks there were just like, sit down, sit down, sit down. What are you talking about? Just sit down, just sit down. Because they just wanted the thing to be done and go. Yeah, but I because I do these kind of matters constantly, I know what it means for a bank to get an order absolute. Even if wrongly, 
that's something you don't want to get into. That's, that's even extra money. You have to now start doing that. client management. If you get a job that says I'm functional official, you now have to start hey appealing. <laughs> you have to start appealing. <laughs> I said, no, 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 let's not be doing this. And I, you know, I was very lucky because the judge like immediately took it up. Like he didn't have any issue with me standing. In fact, he, he was grateful. He, um, he thanked me. He now even turned to the plaintiff's counsel and said, ah, and the plaintiff's counsel wants to combat him. Those yeah, are my words, because, but yes. Because now, you know, the thing about some of these others is that, so I make an order based off what you've told me, then it's not one of those matters that somebody goes to report in the press. And you see that, oh, so 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 makes other absolute <laughs> in my cases, and everybody is just throwing insults at the person. Exactly. Or even sometimes, and I think as well, I understand for lawyers, right? You're trying to win your case. But sometimes you also have to remember it's not family matter. Like it, it some lawyers are actually going to court and they're and they're lying to the court. And the problem is that judges are handling I don't know when did we become such a pro judge podcast, guys. I promise it's not a fail. But judges are handling such a crazy volume of cases that a lot no, of the time insane. they're going by what counsel is telling them. There was a particular episode where we did like, you know, an analysis of the number of cases that the yeah we mentioned it yes yeah, i think it was when we were talking about problems with litigation yeah it's about 500 th- cases per judge i think it's, it's it's a thousand plus because i know that um federal high courts one of the judges there the one i mentioned is my favorite um he has said that you know he handles cases thousand plus and so it's Even judges are taking more, I, I, that means I, he can actually do three cases only three cases every day like you say okay if I if I need to do like spend one day, uh, just doing my cases, so mm. I finish all my cases at the end of the year. Yes, that's including Sundays and Saturdays. That means no, that absolutely. I think that you even have to do three cases. I think every even day. recently, if I'm not misremembering, I heard that federal courts had instigated some kind of policy whereby they can only do like have like sixteen cases on their cause list per day. Apologies if I'm saying the wrong number, but I know that they actually have a strict number now of cases that they can do per day. They can't do any more. Maybe it's 16 or it's 19. People want to kill my lords. <laughs> they want to kill my lords. <laughs> but the point I'm making is, so because of that, a lot of time, judges are taking what lawyers are saying at face value, especially when you're the only lawyer in court. And so you have instances where we've gotten like other absolutes and you're seeing that you have filed affidavits. Not only have you filed an affidavit, the affidavit is in the court file. Do you know what it means for an affidavit to be in a court file? And this happens with magistrate court all the time. Do you know what it is for an affidavit to be in the court file? Saying you don't have any money. money, And the court still makes it absolute because the court simply did not check. Especially something like Ganshi matters, Mariva matters, that they're handling, you know, in such intense volume. Yeah, exactly. I, I I totally understand and I agree. So, so the, yes, that was what happened with. Well, I think Olamide was saying something, but honestly, cannot even remember what he was saying again. To be honest, I can't remember as well. So <laughs> I was talking about. Um, oh, I think we we're talking about uh, sitting with silks, but I can't remember where that led us to. That you were saying something, but yes, that's what happened with my particular week, whereby I thought I was having a trial. I, I was number three, but I did not have that trial. Then Olamide already mentioned that we went to the LTIA event. And then also a really exciting thing happened, well, for us anyway, at our law firm, the name of which we never say, but really everybody has Google. Well, I, I think it's even... Everybody has Google and, everybody has Google and LinkedIn. But yeah, so on Friday, our firm announced five new partners. Yep. Five new youngish partners. I'm going to add ish. Yeah, youngish. Youngish. You know, we are young. They are youngish. But uh, five new youngish partners, um, one of which is actually my um, direct supervisor. So that was very exciting for me, very well deserved. 
And I think, at least speaking for myself and potentially speaking for Alamde as well, it was very invigorating to us and additionally motivating, especially as I think both of us are still very much interested in and planning on doing like traditional legal practice. That's what I like to call it. Because I feel like a lot of lawyers, and that was the motivation behind starting this podcast in the, in the very beginning, a lot of lawyers, first of all, don't want to practice or someone to go in-house or someone to do tech. No one really wants... Yeah, no one actually traditional wants to practice law. Law anymore. firm, legal fact, practice lawyers are a dying breed, especially litigation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say that that even the ones who, who don't mind staying in law firms don't want to do litigation. So, you know, sometimes I speak to uh, some people and... They're like, oh, uh, so what, you know, what was the interest? Why did you join, uh, you know, disputes team? And there was someone who told me that, oh, I, I intended to join the banking and finance team. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, but especially with me, I mean, people see me and I'm looking very butty to them. And then I tell them I do litigation and they're like, they're like what? what? Exactly. Especially my parents' friends, they cannot believe I'm doing, even my parents cannot believe I do litigation. I say this thing all the time. When I go cults bar, me and my popsy were buying wig and gown at the same time to do a photo <laughs> shoot. My mommy had to, do, my mommy, well, she had her, so she dusted her wig and gown off that she hadn't worn since law school. So while both my parents are lawyers, they are the furthest thing away from litigators. So I confound them every day, especially that day I felt that I caught, I enjoyed myself. But <laughs> you guys know that that's, that that is my number one character development moment, courtesy of court. But yeah, so that was, I think, really inspiring to us. And I think also just a sign that, you know, the firm, that the practice is really looking ahead, that it's a place that you can really grow from within. And I think that's one of the things that um, I really like about where we work because, you know, and I think that's one of the things that I was looking for when I was deciding where I wanted to work, right? Because there's a lot of law firms in Nigeria. There are countless law firms in Nigeria, but most of those law firms are one-man law firms. One-man law firms, one-silk law firms, family practices that do like they are not family practices oh my god you are serving a lot of people so but i'm not saying any names so you know if, if you feel like you're on that table feel free um but in terms of firms that run like corporations right yeah exactly. they're not that many they're a good number or maybe they might be up to if i sit down and count they might be up to it's 50 a lot no but they're more than 20 but i don't think they're up to 50 but there are a lot of such law firms. But when you're looking at them in more the grand scheme of how many law firms are in Nigeria, that percentage is... Oh, yeah, you probably that say... That percentage it, uh, is... In what fact, percentage that, we say? 10%? 15%? Well, I'll be very gracious to give it 15 mm. So already that cuts down. And then I knew I wanted to do disputes. And most of those law firms in that 15%, mm, disputes is exactly... is not really their strong you know, suits. You know, you, so, some actually just have the disputes just so... They can say that they're full service. Full, exactly. They can say they're full service. And it's understand. Is it understandable? I don't know. And again, that's part of why we do the podcast, right? Something about litigation makes people think rugged. Well, <laughs> well you know, you know, rugged, but very necessary. I would say that that's still traditional law. Yes. In, in the sense that, well, at the end of the day, if you're not preparing for disputes, then... Are you really you're prepared? Not, you're not preparing well. If you're not preparing for disputes, are you really prepared? But, um, so yeah, so that already narrowed, so that further then narrowed down. At that point, I had like five options. And so yes, but almost five years on, okay, well, technically like four years and three months, we're still there. So congratulations to all, you know, our new partners at our firm. And then that I think we were also going to talk about, there's one tweet kind of going on, oh, before the tweet actually, 
Olamide and I wanted to, can I call it announce? Not making it sound too exciting. Um, We wanted to announce that we were looking into doing what we want to call a partner Partner track track series. series, Yes. Yes. So again, talking about, you know, traditional legal practice, which, you know, is our first love and the reason why we started this podcast in the first place. And just showing people that, you know, there is, there is life, there is benefits, there is, you know, Career, you know, career, career development, development, financial remuneration in traditional legal practice. And job satisfaction. Exactly. So we have been thinking about doing a partner track series where we get one partner from most of the top tier law firms. And we're yes. going to be continuing to talk about what, what makes a top tier law firm. But get them um, to speak to us on the podcast. So we're going to be calling it Partner Track. Yep, and we've secured in quotes two so far from two different law firms and so we hope that in the coming episodes yes that's what we'll be doing if you see that that's not what we did in the coming episodes then just know that it's because you know important people are very hard to pin down so it's not because we're not doing it it's because our important people are being important yes and and we're also very specific about the people that we'll be calling on because um one we've tried to limit it to like young partners so the stories are a youngish lot more, partners yeah so the stories are a lot more relatable so because for instance you can't call a founding partner to come and tell you what the partner track was exactly so we would we would prefer people who had actually grown in that Ex- i think yes that's a big people who have you know grown in that organization yeah so that's um something that you can be looking forward to in the coming weeks so you know if you have any suggestions about uh, any partners, questions questions you want us to ask them or even suggestions about hey are you going to be interviewing someone from this law firm or this particular partner you know we always love to hear from you guys yeah just feel free DMs. um other than i think the two that we've decided we're still you know yeah, reaching we're, out to others so we're yes, still very you know we have a list we're just reaching out to um other, other so we're people. still very flexible to hear from you guys but then continuing on from the partners in our firm to our partner track series at top tier firm <laughs> so then this tweet that we saw should we the same way we start by doing um what what was your week like should we should we end by doing what tweets did we, tweet tweet of the week exactly or tweet of the, of the episode week. guys you're seeing the creative process live but um we saw this tweet that was talking about um so for most people who are listening to this, I'm sure you guys have Twitter. I'm sure you guys are on social media. You know that um, meme with, well, most people might not even know where that meme is from, but it's from Tangled, the Disney yes. film. And I think it's the, the character's name is Finn, but he's the main love interest. And there's this scene where he goes to a bar. As you can tell, I've watched the film because I knew the whole backstory. He goes into this bar and he gets into some fight and all the thugs, for lack of a better word, at the bar, you know, um, try and kill him. And they've all got their knives, Uh, their swords pointed at him. And that's become the meme where people say, you know, what's your controversial opinion that will will get you like this, that basically will make people want to, you know, stab you with their pointy swords. And so the one that we had seen on Twitter, or rather to be specific, the one Olamide had seen and sent to me, was what's your controversial take about top-tier law firms, right? That will get you, you know, hung, drawn, quartered, lynched, all of that. And um, we saw quite a few that I didn't necessarily agree with. I saw um, one that was talking about how it's to- only top-tier firms that have capacity for certain matters. Um, no, I, okay, for that, I think that one was a response to someone's tweet. Yeah, so it was a response to someone's controversial take, but still, I don't agree with that. I think what a lot of... 
I think when we're talking about capacity on smaller law firms, I think because of their size, they're able to have capacity in more things. But I think that what a lot of smaller firms then do is find their niche, right? So you've well, got yeah, firms true. that you know are giants in IP or that are giants in litigation. Even when I was talking about, you know, family firms or one-man firms, a lot of those are beasts in litigation, right? Um, or in, you know, or if someone has their niche as election petition. So I think just because smaller firms can't have niche in 15 things does not mean that they don't have capacity. Well, you know, I, I, I'm inclined to agree, but at the same time, some small firms have, like, a niche. But you look at the strength of that team. So can you actually split your team into two? In some, if I have about. like five lawyers, how can I speak exactly. them in two, please? So like, I, I but know... But size and capacity are not the same. You, you know, that's the thing. Sometimes size actually does... Um, determine your capacity. Guys, why does Olamide come here to do devil's advocates? Because when no, I said this thing off, not, off the podcast, now Olamide was like, yes, I agree. No, now look at it. You know, I... If, this is just on the second thought. There's a matter we've done where we've tried... We've actually had two set of counsel, like two different teams representing two different parties in the same... Oh, like so a Chinese wall kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, so we had a Chinese wall. Some firms can do that. And for strategy Okay, purposes, so because I can't do Chinese wall, I don't get no, capacity. No, 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 but for strategy... How many times wait, are you really on, doing a Chinese wall in real life? But for strategy purposes, some matters would actually require you to do that without you actually, actually uh, you know, uh, encroaching into the other team. So these guys are doing their thing on their own. We're doing our thing on our own. Um... There's sometimes that the client doesn't want to engage different lawyers for different parts of the matter. So maybe we have like um, a real estate part of the matter. Let's engage. Let, let's, uh, there's a real estate part of the matter. There's a litigation part of the matter. There's a banking part of the matter. And everybody will just engage. Just The client just wants to engage one person to handle all of that. Whereas there are some small firms that if you're going to do that, you are actually killing the lawyers because they will be working crazy to actually meet up i disagree olamide uh, agrees to a certain extent let me say that before he gives me death stares then i think the other one i saw as well was somebody was then contending what does it even mean to be a top tier law firm yeah no i, I think the, what i saw was as long as there's no statutory backing uh promoting you know top tier law firms or well, I, th- I think that particular tweet wasn't necessarily talking about, and this is us then trying to, you know, when you're, you're saying you're trying to um, figure out the intention of the of the draftsman. This is us trying to figure out the intention <laughs> of the draftsman. But I don't think it was saying that until there's a statute that delineates what it means to be a top-tier law firm. I think it was more saying that while the legal practice is in Nigeria is still a bit unregulated, that um, legal it's hard in to... Is it's hard to I said that's what the person said, oh. Intention of the draftsman. I didn't say I'm saying that. MBA, please don't come for me. Um, I think what they were saying is that while the um, legal practice in Nigeria, you know, could still benefit from some further, you know, statutory backing or regulation or whatnot, that it's hard to then start calling people top tier. I don't think it was saying um, you need a statute that delineates what it means to be top tier. Oh. But neither of us wrote it. Yeah, that's exactly. not that's, that's not even the point of what I wanted to say. The point of what I wanted to say was that I, I didn't really quite understand that because wherever there are multiples of things, there will always be some sort of ranking of which one's better. 
No, I mean, we have that here with universities. You've got rankings. You have it with banks. You've got rankings. Exactly. You have it with banks. You've got rankings for law firms in England. You've got your magic circle. You've got your silver circle. You've got your American law firms, which are, you know, in, in a, a in a level. world of their own. But yeah, so I think to then say is, is law firms. In fact, I don't even think, and I was thinking this a while back, I don't even think we even have ranking the way they do in some places because yeah. a lot of places and a lot of different countries or if we're talking about banks you've actually got lists that yeah, you can exactly. refer to for us if you google top tier law firms maybe it's one random article somebody wrote somewhere it's yeah, more of those but, that no no yeah, yeah, kind so, of thing yeah, but you know with most of those articles there are some firms that would always you know be in oh yeah of course like, that's why i said it's those yeah, that no no it's, it's not just like it's probably list. just two or three firms that you'll see that have some, changed some position variation in, yeah. yeah in some other places but even saying that i'll say that um it's not even too much of a statutory thing to you know to say that um or the tearing of the law firms you it's not it's not a statutory thing in my opinion I I completely think it's a it's a, it's an entirely commercial thing. Yeah, no, I I actually agree with you. It's 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 commercial. It's very very commercial. But yes, yeah, so but Alamde, then I will ask you, what's your controversial take on law firms that could get you lynched and quoted? And you guys will see most of the time. You know, I think this sometimes. I wonder if people who listen wonder, and it, it can only be non-lawyers that I will can wonder this: why we don't see the names of judges, or we don't see the names of the courts we are talking about, or we don't give details about our courts. See, guys, is because I said this to Alamde all the time when we we're planning what we we're going to talk about. I said, Alamde, please. Don't make LPDC come and call me. It's just it's, it's liability. It's just so we avoid liability. Guys, as much please as we I beg. Can. Make LPDC no call us. Yeah. Well, Amde, what's your controversial opinion about top tier law firms? So my controversial opinion as a person is, who works at yeah, top tier yeah, law firm. Yeah, as a person who works at top tier law firm, and someone who has actually spoken to people who work in um, smaller law firms, in law firms that are not considered top tier law firms, okay. is that at the end of the day, everyone is actually going through the same amount of stress. It's just, is your employer paying you enough? <laughs> and um, for top-tier law firms, yes, we, we might be doing the same volume of work, but we're probably not doing the same quality, quality of work. Exactly. Okay, so I had actually, in the interest of full disclosure, I'd actually asked Solamde what his take was beforehand, so I can tell him if it's too controversial. And I disagree with him on that. I, d- I think we're not doing the same quality, and I also don't think we're doing the same volume. Uh, but I agree do with agree. Me in that case. Mm? I said I don't agree. That no, we're you doing do. You do agree with me if you say that we don't do the same quality of work. No, I say we don't do the same quality and we don't do the same volume. volume, But I will put a disclaimer and say that I do think that with some smaller law firms, you can still find people who are slave drivers. Of course. And some people can manage, you know, you can still have a slave driver even when there's no volume of work. Because you have some places where, and I don't work in one of such places, you have, and that's not just because I'm afraid, guys. Like, I actually don't. You have some places where you don't have work, but you can't leave because your supervisor, your organizer. You know, that was what, that, you, it was like you were reading my mind. I was going to say that. Because that, of what? I don't, like, you I can't don't have the, work. Yeah, you don't my have work to has leave. finished. Maybe my organizer doesn't want to go. Maybe he's fighting with his wife. It's closing hours and I can't leave because my boss hasn't left. I, you know, I think that thing is crazy. My the God. best, best I can give you is maybe, I won't call it permission, but letting your boss know. Even I don't do that. I can't even lie. I don't, I don't tell my... I don't tell my guy that I'm leaving. I just leave. Like if it's after work, uh, it's for I'm them done. to call you sometimes, and they're like, "Where are you? I'm on my way home." I'm on my way home, <laughs> but it's different if okay, someone says they have to let their boss know they're leaving. I think that's fine. No, except uh, that's fine. It's an etiquette thing. It might on, be. I think that yeah, could be fine. particularly when you're even so. For instance, with my own bosses, when we're doing something, and um, a lot of these bosses love him more. Let me be the one to say it now. Hmm. 
and um we we're doing something and in the middle of it i need to go home we're not we're, we've not concluded Oh no, uh, that's different. Yeah, obviously, exactly. if I'm if I'm but if I'm not doing if anything, I'm actively doing something with my boss and I want to leave to continue exactly. that thing at home, yeah, I will even go and ask permission. Thing. Exactly. I say, um, I'm doing well. I always say uh, I have a male boss and a female boss, but my female boss um, isn't in isn't in Lagos. I will I will go and say, oh sir, um, I'm 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 still working on this, but I want to continue working from home or some better phrasing than that. Yeah. I'll definitely seek permission if I'm doing something because also I don't want my boss to think. By the, by the fact that I've gone home, that I finished, that exactly. I've abandoned that work. There are some days that I don't even see any of them. So, like, ah, would, yeah, I now, would I now, now have to go to their offices and tell them that, oh, ah, ma, good evening. No, no, no. Uh, Those I'm instances going, where I'm yeah. going to seek permission or something we're doing actively is if we've no, seen, yeah, yeah, if we've I, seen I each other you. physically to discuss. I, I, I'm just, I'm just putting it in context with yeah. uh, those people who have to. You yeah. Know, so, I don't think that those smaller law firms are doing the same quality or the same volume but i do think that they could it could be as intense because you can have a no matter how big your law firm is you can have a slave driver yeah so like you know remember uh, that tweet that went kind of viral when i'm going to be as vague as possible because i don't want anybody to come after me whether we're talking about this particularly really small law firm that um and the terms of employment leaked and the person said you know you can't have weekends yeah that um you can't it was so many things that you can't have weekends you can't there are no such things as public holidays you know i i I know some firms that do that why wouldn't i have public holidays why wouldn't i have weekends that's unfair if i have to work um if it's compelling enough for me to have to work on the weekends yes i will but uh why would you outrightly tell me that i don't have weekends that's so i do I, i do agree that yes it can be as intense you can be expected to work the same amount of hours you can have a slave driver oh i Oh, absolutely. No, but imagine... Now, I wouldn't say that everybody who works in a smaller law firm is closing at five. Imagine your closing time is five. Yeah. And by 4.35, you're already, you know, getting ready to go because you're you're done for the day, really. And your boss walks in at 4.45. And now you have to go and seek permission. No, but but that's not getting... (laughs) For people who are seeking permission, that's unfortunate for them. But yeah, Yeah, I mean... But I think who amongst us has not had work appear at, like... 5.15 or something. I just look here like, guy, come on now. That's a different thing. At least I know I'm busy. But yeah. I'm not busy and I'm just in the office then. I'm just thinking. No, I can't, God, I can't imagine. Traffic. I can't imagine. Especially with traffic. Or I think as well, you have need to say thank you after they are paid. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need employers to be understanding. Understanding the situation. I mean, the traffic, again, where we work, we've had instances where maybe if there's some sort of protest or some sort of impromptu road closure, they'll be like, maybe you don't have work. Better start heading back to, better start your journey. But okay, so that's your controversial take. I think my controversial take really is just about remuneration. I think that, you know, uh, everybody knows right that economy they had. Everywhere is had. Everywhere block. And I think that um, even people who are earning, you know, the most in their sector, right, are still finding it very difficult. Because what um, the meeting that we were having on Friday, I think uh, one of our bosses was saying, well, inflation is now at like 30% or yes. 27%. So nobody on this earth it, it, can it, it, pay inflation, you inflation is match. actually galloping no but your rate or your rate of increased pay is never ever ever going to match your rate of inflation do I, I think i spend maybe at this point like 30k per week putting fuel in my car so i don't let me even talk don't you don't i don't have a car and I've had to drive my dad's car, and it's ah, a machine. So it's yeah, exactly. Hey. 
my god i don't want any please i'm, I'm running away my from all god. machines that got to foil in this I bought foil, in this I time bought foil yesterday i know that i'll still buy foil this week but the amount i used to buy foil yesterday i wanted to start crying i know those I cars wanted, of which I you speak want, i wanted to start crying so 30k a week to foil my car don't even ask me what that comes up to a month i don't want to do that quick math right now i really don't even want to know and the thing is you know that you are only going to the office and you're going back home exactly and that's even one people who i know in my office who like uber maybe is their main form of hey transport. god <laughs> <laughs> people who uber is their main form of transport are telling me that i have a i have um a, you know a friendly work colleague who lives in i think bagada and she was saying that one day she wanted to uber to the office and it was she's saying 11k somebody I, I think somebody came from the island to ikeja for court i don't know why the person even came the person said they spent 9k on uber i said nine what even for me equate to vi equate to lucky there are certain times when an uber can be f- more than five thousand i kid you not if i'm trying to get an uber you, you for know, is my, someone face, at, my reaction I could, if i, I have I tried was, i have tried I to get an uber at midnight from um equate to, Le- to vi on multiple occasions and that uber has been like four something three something oh i've even seen over 5k so if i know that if i want to go to lucky now spending maybe three eight on an uber i can't imagine what it is to go from mainland to island or from island to mainland every day so you're doing all of this now wow. and your love fem, boss, so I beg. and if you people times what i said i spent on fuel that's what your law firm is paying you i mean how is a person to live so i think my and i don't think it's really a controversial take because uh, i also think that that's something that the mba is taking really seriously i know that they yeah. have a remuneration committee wow, yes now you people is Olamide that said it to make sure you recognize that voice. That was Olamide's voice. No, I'm not I'm not hiding from it. Um, the thing is, I I it's just accountability. Yeah. If you're going to actually do it, why don't you do it? Because but what um, can they another do? Well, no, let's actually really another talk about it. What can they do? Another, contra- impose, another controversial uh, thing minimum is, wage, yeah. Is they can't actually go into your pocket and you know take the money. But to be fair, many of these people can actually pay pay their employees better. Well, yes, but no. What we're saying now is because you, because you, you moved when I was talking about the remuneration committee. What can, no, so what can they do beyond re- guidelines? Really, really ridiculous. So now the thing is, do you I've even heard, heard I've heard this rumor that, you know, for you to take silk, you you need to have a certain number of employees. Yes. You need to have like your tax your tax returns. Yes. And uh, these are practical steps. Yeah. yeah you need to also have like you, you need to have taken pension out on all your employees. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So I hear that when some people not now take silk they stop the pension whoa like well to be fair that's not too surprising because i know i mean some people when they want to make silk and they're doing up their library or they're maybe getting a temporary place to use you know that that's it that that one that's it that's it that's a personal thing Mm -hmm. it's your library yeah it's your firm yeah if your library is good your firm is good yeah if your library isn't good you'll be producing terrible research of course Mm mm-hmm that's for you that's for the quality of work you intend to put out mm-hmm. but now we're talking about the standards for living for like your employees and depending so the employees that got the pension will know the pension is very temporary now they will know that no, no, they don't no, give us that's terribly unfair because i feel like it's one of the things the mba should mandate well um pension yeah the pension Fair enough. Yes. No, I even heard one. When you even talk about quote unquote rumors, though I don't think this is a rumor. I think this is factual. And there's some law firms that pay people for going to court. So they pay you, they basically pay you as contract staff, but oh, they're full time uh, appearance employee. fees. Just appearance fees. Exactly. But you're not contract staff. You're a full. You're a full time employee. 
And so, I mean, I don't think this is really a controversial take. I think remuneration amongst lawyers is a hot button topic. And I think a lot of people sometimes who are non-lawyers who then wonder, okay, what makes lawyers you, so special? Yo, you, know, you, know, because, you know one thing mm-hmm. is I realize that some of these people don't just want to pay. So there was this uh, well, yes. meeting we had over Zoom one time. It was an MBA uh, Young Lawyers Forum meeting. And I know that the number one issue of Young Lawyers is money. Yes. So, uh, and that's why you have mediocre practice everywhere. So people are just trying to make money because they need to feed. To be honest, some yes. people some people would undercut because they oh, need no, to Oh, no, absolutely. Feed. I think one of the things that I, they had mentioned in law school that always stuck with me is that when you undercut your peers... Or when you undercut other lawyers, you are doing a disservice to the whole profession. You think that, oh, I'm charging 50000 to draft this contract. I'm the one that's going to get it. But actually, what you're doing is you're setting a standard where that person now thinks that that's how much it costs to draft a contract. I mean, I say this thing all the time. When someone wanted to offer me 50 k to draft three contracts, like, I mean, that one was, you know, that's a bit of an extreme example. But imagine me taking that, and then that person thinks that's how much legal services cost. You know, it, like, I just really agree I'd rather with just you. do pro bono, which is what exactly. I Exactly. And um, although you you need to look at it from this practical point of view, somebody who, who doesn't know where any money is coming from that month and gets someone who is willing to pay that amount, it's hunger that is speaking, really. Let's not, let's, let's yeah, true, because that 50K might be what somebody is earning in their law firm for the month. For the month. So now let's look at it. It's also affecting the general ability to earn of lawyers. Yeah. And some people who are obviously non-lawyers... And it's because some people don't want to pay. Yes. And some people who are non-lawyers, although hopefully none of the ones who listen to this podcast, will then be asking themselves, you know, what makes lawyers so special? I mean, the, the, the national minimum wage is 33K. Why, why then are we looking to raise our own quote-unquote minimum wage as opposed to focusing on raising the national? And to that, I will answer and say, nobody should be any 33K. Let's go start from that. By the end of the day... That's why unions and associations exist to um, to focus on the interests and try and better the interests of their union and their association. So that's why the MBA and that's why us as lawyers are focusing on the remuneration you know, of I, lawyers. Yes. Um, I, doctors have an association. Engineers have an association. And I mean, even in you know England, for example they were the doctors went on strike and i think yeah, that's ju- that's also the, the junior, junior doctors. doctors and i think that's also you know the power of um associations but yeah so that's my controversial not controversial take Sha, that people should be paying lawyers more especially you know these can i call them non-top tier firms like i think that's my my yeah, main I, I personally feel like people that work in top tier firms everybody's hot looking no, no, everyone is complaining but the thing is you dare not complain that you're wage is not livable. Yes, that's just the thing. And I'm not talking about just in the profession. I'm talking about generally. Of course, because you know, but then the problem then becomes, you know, it's a, it's a comparative livable, right? It's a, it's, it's livable on a Nigerian standard, not on a global standard, which is a whole different conversation. No, but at the same time, you're not living in another person's country now. That is also true. But that's a whole different conversation for a whole different day. Yes. I think this, our very impromptu episode has almost hit our very strict one hour mark. Yep. So I will ask Olamide if he has any last words before I give the last words. Uh, to be honest, no last words. It's just please just keep sharing, keep uh, interacting Keep listening, with guys. If you have any suggestions, um, and share us, with your friends, please. DM us. Um, it's always our pleasure to hear from everyone. Those that we know personally, those we don't know personally, puts a smile on our face. But yes, I said Olamide should have the last words, and then I still undercut him, as is my standard practice. 
But yes, from both of us, from Ife. And Olamide. From the bar. It's our pleasure to have you. Follow us on Pod from the Bar and listen to us in the next two weeks. Bye, everyone. <laughs>